1: and we are live hello and welcome everybody to the mirror gaming walkthrough the weekly gaming news show full of spicy takes and juicy gossip today we have got some very interesting topics to go over including the xbox showcase 2023 which is coming this weekend we'll be discussing all of our predictions for what we are hoping to see in that as well as summer games fest which is tomorrow evening Alongside that, we have had some insane developments in the world of VR, including the announcement of the MetaQuest 3 just last week and Apple Vision Pro, the brand new AR slash VR headset coming from Apple. Uh, it comes in at over £3,000. So get your wallets ready for that one. Um, yeah, so strap in for the next hour and a half and um, roll the trailers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Are you prepared to go public with your KD online or? No. Everyone thinks
1: he or she is the best football expert on the planet.
2: You
0: see it in the back page, there's a mirror, you know, deal agreed. I think the most important thing is just to have fun. What? Three No, what button is it? i
2: um, well. Hello. <laughs> We're ready to come for the W, yeah? Oh 12. Ooh. Ooh, here we go. If you can master second man press, you will defend ten times better.
1: Today I'm going to be reviewing the PSVR2 headset. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Again, welcome to the Mirror Gaming Walkthrough. Um, I'm joined today with gaming editor Nathan Bliss. How are you today, Nathan?
2: Hello, very good. Uh, a bit tired getting back into the swing of things after a week off, but uh, yeah, very glad to be back. Thanks, Jasmine.
1: Thank you for being here. And we've also got gaming content creator Aaron Potter. How are you?
2: I'm
0: good. I'm good. You didn't think you could have a an episode of the Mirror Gaming Walkthrough without me, did you? So <laughs> come on, I'm here. I'm ready to go.
1: Um, so, guys. Irreplaceable. We've some, <laughs> we got some interesting topics it. to about. into. We're going to right, okay, get stuff. <laughs> <difficult. on. laughs> Come on, we're going to get in trouble. We're, we're going to get in trouble. Consumer professionals. <laughs>
2: Sorry, YouTube.
1: Um We've got some very interesting topics to talk about today. Um, I am actually really excited to talk about the Xbox showcase with both of you guys because you have strong opinions surrounding Xbox uh, with Nathan <laughs> swinging all the way one way and Aaron swinging all the way the opposite way. Um, so,. Guys, no fighting, please. Right, listen, I'm hosting the podcast today. If you guys stop fighting, I'm going to be really upset with you. Um, So the Xbox and Starfield showcase will take place on Sunday, June 11th at 6pm BST. And while no official runtime has been announced, it's set to be a lengthy showcase with the Xbox game showcase starting the show and the dedicated Starfield showcase airing directly after microsoft's vp of xbox games marketing aaron greenberg has confirmed that the upcoming xbox games showcase will feature no cgi traders for first party titles um is that a dig is that a dig at sony <laughs> um who knows so we're expecting to see starfield everwed state of decay 3 fable Everwild, perfect dark contraband and i don't know how to say this one i'm really sorry sinua's Sen- saga Hellblade 2 is that right Senwa. Right, nice. yeah. Senwa, sorry. Right. That's all right. What are you guys most excited to see? Let's just jump straight into it. Nathan, what are you excited to see? You spoke a little bit about this before, so I want you to I want you to take us away.
2: I, I'm just I just want to see games. Um as someone who's got an Xbox, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but uh I've not got a lot to play in terms of Xbox for first party titles right now. Um so I'm really excited just to see games that are exciting. I know that's a boring answer, but Starfield looks like it could be the game of the year, potentially, in my opinion, if they get it right. Um, Fable also, if they get that right, that could be huge. Um, I I feel like Xbox is a little bit on the back foot, um, considering the games that have already been released this year. We've had a a really good run with titles recently. Um, A lot of really well-reviewed games and the fact that they're the uh, xbox have had Redfall, uh hi-fi rush um i mean to be kind it's it's been of a bit of a mixed bag for xbox uh so far in 2023 so they really need to showcase some special some, some special stuff at this showcase in my opinion um so i just want to i just want to i just want to come out of the showcase feeling excited and you know, wanting wanting to play these games, I think that's uh, that seems like the bare minimum at this point for <laughs> for a showcase. What 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 they're looking for you to kind of get out of it, but for me, like, it is sort of really important that it's just exciting, just exciting to see certain games because, yeah, like I said before, it's it's been it's been rough to be an Xbox owner, so uh, a lot hinges on on this showcase.
1: Um, right, so hopefully, Aaron, you can come up with a more interesting answer than games. <laughs> what are you excited to see? <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I will appreciate the, the expansion, Nathan, but the, the initial answer was a bit was a bit confusing.
2: I think well, the, why I said that was because there has been uh, no, games. Xbox have no oh, games. I just want to see, yeah, that. Yeah. So yeah. I, no, I see games.
0: I want to see games at a game um, showcase. I've got good news for Nathan. <laughs> We're gonna see games when these are games we, come um, out. Is that I confirmed? used to say? I think that's been confirmed. <laughs> Aaron Greenberg's already been on the blower. Um, in terms of what I'm excited for, I am kind of curious, like because as Nathan's kind of hinted at, like um, Xbox has had a mixed bag this year. Uh, Redfall, need we say more? Like that was meant to be their big summer heavy hitter it didn't redfall
1: hit does make a cameo in every single one of every our podcasts, podcast doesn't yeah. it? it does
0: i think that's a ritual now if we're like 100 episodes down the line on this podcast we should still hopefully name check redfall every now and then um oh, yeah. if not at all times but um no what i'm excited for is i'm especially excited uh about the lack of cgi trailers because gameplay is king gameplay is what matters and while you can well a cgi trailer is pretty good at like setting a mood of a game and sort of like letting you peek more into the world that you're going to inhabit it's only when you see in engine gameplay unreal engine 5 which is what we should be getting a lot of these games developed in now um that is w- what excites me most and out of that list that you read out uh just at the beginning uh, jasmine i think i'm really excited to hear more about perfect dark because perfect dark is a game uh obviously it was made by rare as the follow-up from uh, golden eye on nintendo 64 that team went on to go and then make time splitters which uh Time Splitters 3, Future Perfect, one of my favorite games. So I'm kind of hoping to see if some of that Time Splitters esque DNA lives on in the perfect dark reboot. But as we know from Jason Schreier's reports and what have you, that team, the initiative, the quadruple A studio Xbox was meant to be building has had a lot of uh fallbacks. Um, I really think like with the PlayStation showcase happening a couple of weeks ago, that obviously Shabana and Nathan, who's on the podcast now, reacted to. There were games there, but what it lacked was games that are coming soon. It seems that Marvel Spider-Man 2, PlayStation is hedging all of its bets on Marvel Spider-Man 2, potentially coming in September. We know it's going up against Starfield in September from Xbox. I don't have faith that Starfield's going to hit in the way Xbox needs it to hit. Again, Phil Spencer said it himself Ooh. a couple of weeks back. If Even if it's an 11 out of 10, they're still going to struggle to sell Xboxes. Well, Phil, you need to have a look at what's going on then, don't you? So, you know... I believe that Xbox, what I'm getting at, I believe Xbox has got something in the canon for the holiday. After that September slot, I think we're going to see another first party Xbox release hit in November. Probably won't be this, but I'm hoping it's Gears of War 6. Oh! Gears 5 came out in 2019, I want to say. It was 2019 or 2020. It was four years. Four years to make a sequel to a game where you now had to develop it. You know these characters and world. I feel like if, if it's not announced for this year, we're definitely going to get a tease for Gears
2: of War, uh 6. That'd be exciting. I just want to mention as well, just f- from the PlayStation showcase that um, myself yeah. and Shabana live-streamed, um, obviously, as, as someone who's been Xbox for a long time, watching that was really exciting for me to see all these games. But then when I reflected on it afterwards a lot of the uh, one a lot of the games were cgi trailers which you kind of mm-hmm. when you watch things and you get excited it's kind of easy to look past yeah, when that you're, sometimes the like
1: heat of the moment thing which is why exactly. they can get away with it a bit during the yeah. showcase right? and also just see it and they're like, wow. yeah
2: and yeah. also there wasn't many playstation exclusives actually looking at the games no, that, a lot of them were yeah both, you know, both uh, Xbox and PlayStation. There, there wasn't many PlayStation exclusives, obviously. With uh, obviously, Spider-Man Two was. Um, but yeah, if you look at like Assassin's Creed, um, Alan Wake Two, I think um, so all the games that I was really excited about, were coming out on both anyway. Yeah, Metal Gear Marathon um dragon's dogma 2 i think is
1: is coming out on both as well potentially Mm -hmm. so
2: yeah absolutely it is
1: i think um me and aaron touched on this a little bit when we did um the jasmine and aaron show last week um twice we did the (laughs) yeah there was a couple and the um meta gaming showcase we streamed that and we touched on a little bit about how there weren't very many first party exclusives and that's kind Mm -hmm. of what people go to playstation 4 right so um and also I know that this whole podcast is going to end up being VR talk, but as a VR <laughs> fanatic and a PSVR2 owner, that was really disappointing for VR fans. The PlayStation Showcase, um, there were there was one title announced, brand new, and then there were two titles which are already on MetaQuest, which are now one of them was which... the Beat Saber, which Beat Saber should have yeah. been there at launch.
0: Yeah, and but Beat Saber shouldn't get the pop it did, like during a showcase. Like everyone was like, "Yeah, Beat Saber is finally on PSVR too.
1: Like, yeah, that that. Why are we getting excited really, about this game? Yeah, that should should have been there from launch, and when it finally arrived, it shouldn't have taken up a whole spot in the showcase. But no. if I get too much into VR, I won't stop talking about it. So, will not come out um, of
0: VR. Come
1: back uh, to the let's... virtual reality, Jasmine. Don't get lost. <laughs> let's, let's move on a little bit. Um, I think, in my opinion, this showcase is going to be a make or break for a lot of Xbox owners, probably including yourself, Nathan. It's going to be sort of like the the slap on the wrist that you need to be like, you know what, yeah, I need to just get out of this realm of Xbox and move over to PlayStation. Um, And I'm not a... You know, I'm not heavy on one side or the other with console. You know, I mean, I have a PlayStation 5. I, I I love my PlayStation 5, but I'm a solid PC gamer, so I feel like I don't really like get involved in this, in this in console wars just yet. But do you think that that's the case for you, Nathan? Do you think that if the Starfield Direct isn't as good as, as you're expecting, it's going to sort of sway you onto Team Blue?
2: Potentially, I think I think. It if anything the initial xbox showcase is probably more important than the starfield direct because we've already seen some starfield gameplay i think if if there's no if there's very little excitement from xbox showcase and then they get they have the starfield direct the day afterwards the pressure that that puts on starfield to be the game the game they're releasing this year is immense even more so than what it was before there's already huge pressure on it but if we come out of that showcase and there's no big surprises or there's no there's no, I mean they've, there's there's got to be stuff in the bag that they're not showing us. There's got to be, as Aaron alluded to, there's got to be some some things that they're you know that something special, wait till the end sort of thing that they're that they must have things things up their sleeve because I, I, that's just out of more than hope than expectation though to be honest because if there's if there isn't anything. That we think you know what that is amazing and then we wait for the starfield showcase i just yeah just to in summary i think the xbox showcase is very 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 crucial the way that the way that their year's gone so far um if you look at all the games that have come out this year like i said before they're already on the back foot and if this is just games that are coming out in the next 12 months or so if there's nothing to excite people then what what are you waiting for, sort of thing? As an Xbox owner, what what are you waiting for? And that thing is Starfield. But then there's so much hope on one game. Are you really going to own a console for one game? Um, that's the thing. So I just I just hope that they're saving these little these little special. Like Fable, for example, if they if they if they reveal a Fable game and it's you know Unreal Engine Five, as Aaron said, and it's it's everything that that fans want it to be that that it, that would be a sensational reveal. But again, we'd have to see some of the gameplay to see what what that's all about. But yeah, it's uh it's it's tough being an Xbox owner, right? Because you look at all the games. We're in June.
1: Yeah. It's halfway
2: through the year. <laughs> like it's not like it's January or February time. Like we we've waited six months for. I mean, even longer than that um for for this Xbox showcase to actually give us some games so in summary i think yeah starfield is obviously the one that everyone's talking about but the showcase if the showcase can be good and the showcase can can give can give xbox players some kind of hope there's less pressure on starfield and that's good because if there's loads of pressure on starfield there's a potential for it to be rushed out there's potential for it to be unfinished um yeah exactly so what someone in my whatsapp just said um there's yeah there's <laughs> there's potential for that game to not release under the right pretenses um so the less pressure that's on that game the better for both xbox and xbox players as well
1: i just don't think I that's think... realistic though i think all the pressure is on starfield i think that's already sort of set in stone it's too late for them to sort of backtrack and fix that because that was just the case as soon as redfield came out and was a horrible mess on launch it became like okay now everyone's waiting to see if the same thing is gonna happen with starfield and if it does everyone's gonna start sticking their xboxes on ebay you know like i think the pressure's already there my
2: my point is though if if there's less pressure on it xbox might be like okay guy they might come to like july august time and if starfield is not perfect they have to make a decision at that point if that's their only game that people are excited about they sort of have to release it probably mm. uh, not from, I wouldn't do it, but just thinking about like the execs, um, Don't you kind have of have to release,
1: release date for Starfield already. It's September, September. Yeah. Right. Okay.
2: But uh, what my point is, if there's so much pressure on it, that if this, if the showcase doesn't deliver anything that could be exciting, then there's even more pressure to be like, okay, we have to hit that release date. And although obviously it's got a confer release date and everything, you, things can move all the time. Yeah, so, of
1: course. Yeah. Um,
2: I would rather it be delayed and it be good to be honest and then we yeah. can play some fable and you know we can look forward to other games in the meantime. I've but... always
1: said it I'd rather I'd rather games come out late and in a playable state than come out early and be a horrible miserable mess Absolutely. and then yeah. developers forget about them and leave them as a horrible miserable mess yeah. for years and years and yeah. that's that.
2: Cuz imagine so. if we if we have the showcase and there's nothing and we we do another podcast next week and we say Nothing in that showcase was any good. I'm not excited about it. Everything's on Starfield now. And then they delay Starfield. They won't. That is the worst <laughs> possible. Yeah, I, I know. But imagine they if they, that is the worst possible situation. Ex- yeah. but they, exactly. They can't. They, they, they literally can't. Put themselves can't. in a
0: position where they can't. It's been delayed yeah. enough. They no, I mean, yeah. I know I just said that. I think they've got something else in the canon for the end of this year. But that is me hoping. Uh, uh, it, uh, you know, yeah. it, you know uh, you've got to have hope in these things. But I think... It's interesting because even the the thing about having no CGI trailers is interesting because I, they've already said they're not going to do the 12-month thing again because they did that before and it shot them in the foot. And I feel like they're in this position now where they want to excite people, but if they do so too much, then it sets the expectation high and they're constantly in this cycle of over-promising, under-delivering. And Xbox, that's the last thing Xbox needs now. So if I was them, I'd be focusing on games where they're looking good behind the scenes, be that third party or first party. Obviously, we want to see some first party games as well. That's why I think Gears of War 6, even if it is like the, it, that's going to be like, if I had to guess, that's going to be like the final one more thing. Um, mm-hmm. Scott in the chat says, yeah, they I was going to
1: say he's calling yeah. you out a bit here. They can't. Bro, they literally delayed Halo from the Xbox Series X launch.
0: Yeah, yeah I, but I still stand by that. There's no chance on this earth. And if I'm wrong, there's no way but they're I'm dedicating. A, what
1: you do? what you do, Aaron? If I, oh, if
0: I'm wrong, then uh, um I don't know. Something with Ui Burger instantly came to mind for the blood reasons <laughs> earlier. Um, but like oh, I've maybe lost my train of thought now. Um there's that's it. There's the Starfield direct immediately after the Xbox ones. They cannot talk about it in June when it's literally three months out from release and then delay it again. That game needs to be going gold. In weeks. Right, guys.
1: Tune back in in September to see if Aaron has to eat an entire UI burger within 20 seconds.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I like the sound of that. If he's wrong. You like the sound of that,
1: but it's not going to be good. I tell you what,
0: if you make me eat uh, another... Chicken Big Mac again. Like that, I wouldn't consider that delightful. So you know, if we've got to there do we something go. there we go. Aaron will eat an
1: entire chicken Big Mac in 20 seconds if he's wrong about this and if Stafford gets to date. Isn't Tuesday that a limited Tuesday. time? I don't
2: wanna I don't wanna I'll you know, buy
1: it now and I'll freeze. We can, it. We can find, make okay. our own or something. We can buy two <laughs> <Yeah>. chicken,
2: chicken <laughs> sandwiches, yeah. Can I just get in Redfall again? Um right, yeah, go on. Because there's more people playing for spoken on Steve right now. Really? Than
1: there, well, I mean, people are playing Redfall on Xbox Game Pass, most likely, other than anything else, right? And it's not. It's I doubt not anyone's tracking. playing Redfall. I, I know. But, I do doubt that anyone's playing it, but the people that yeah. are playing it are definitely playing it on Game Pass yeah. because there's no way people are still, still waiting for that 60.
0: Still waiting for that 60 FPS update, Arcane. How's that? Yeah, going where's on? that? Where's that? Yeah, where's when that? Did, when
2: uh, did Starfield come out? Uh, so
1: this is out? what this is what I'm <laughs> saying is that they release games in this unplayable state and then they promise all of this stuff. And um me and Aaron spoke last week a little bit about um apology screens on, on Twitter yeah. and how they've become such a common occurrence now that seeing a block of text come from a publisher is literally like causes trauma for a lot, oh, what's PC happened players. now yeah but, so, um yeah. yeah there's always something wrong right every game that comes out has this has this like a big wall of apology text along with it but developers put these apology texts out saying you know we're gonna fix it we're gonna release xyz we're gonna release patches we're gonna release updates and then typically it takes them so long to do that if they ever do that i feel like it means that a lot of players miss out on the initial hype of the game, which is something that is really important to people. Um, I'm not saying that because I have massive FOMO or anything, but you know, you see everyone talking about playing a game and you just can't get on in it because it's unplayable. Finally you can, and no one's playing it anymore. It feels like you sort of miss the mark now. And it's kind of like, well, obviously I'm still going to play it because I wanted to play this game, but you just don't have the same excitement that you originally had going into it on release day. And it's just really disappointing and um luckily with red it wasn't just pc players that had an issue it was everyone so i feel like everyone missed out on that mark and it wasn't specifically me but you know that it's been the case with i don't know like star wars jedi survivor or when the last of us was finally ported to pc i was like yeah i'm gonna play the last of us and then i saw all of this stuff about oh yeah it keeps crashing oh it's unplayable even um our own you know matt Aldus streamed it on um on, I think it was on launch day for PC. Mm. And the game crashed four or five times in that stream alone. And it was just like, okay, well, I, I'm not going to get this then, am I? Like, what, why would I even do that? And I still haven't because they haven't fixed it. And it's still not in a playable state now, months later. So that's just my take on, on it. I don't know if you guys have any input about that.
2: I much rather would see that graphic Twitter post before a game <laughs> comes out, than afterwards, yeah, 100%, because yeah. if I've already bought the game and then I see it and I'm like, "Well, why didn't you just do that and delay it for a bit before you made me buy the game? well, not made me, but you know, put the game out there to be bought when you know it was in an unplayable state?" Um, but yeah, I agree. It's just it's one of those things where we, we've had it. We've already had it with Redfall and Starfield. We've already had that graphic out for delays. We've already we've already experienced that before. Um, uh, Redfall we know was a mess uh, Starfield is an even bigger game um, and it cannot afford to be a mess. If it's a mess I just cannot see I can't see why you would buy an Xbox genuinely why would you buy an Xbox I mean
1: what games have there been on this generation of Xbox as like not just this year alone you know since the generations uh, watched
2: so halo.
0: Forza Horizon 5. Forza. Forza game that was a brilliant container. game. Yep. Uh, Redfall, obviously. Hi-Fi Rush. And then I'm struggling. I really am struggling. Yeah, uh, Smaller uh, things like Pentiment, which was like a downloadable title from Obsidian. That's technically first party. Yeah. But yeah.
1: And then if you go over to PS5 and you're like, oh yeah, what, what first party PS5 games have come out since the launch of PS5? You have the opposite problem. is because there's too many going. to think yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. If I started gotcha, listening now, it'd go to the end of the podcast. Like it, they yeah. have released some really amazing <laughs> games, and they've now they're now starting to release sequels for these games. You know, what would you say if if um, Xbox announced a uh, this weekend that they're releasing out like Redfall 2 or something it'd be like no one would be excited or Hi-Fi even Hi-Fi Rush which was great even if they said they we're releasing Hi-Fi Rush 2 I'd be like uh, okay. With
0: Hi-Fi Rush though for as good as that game is like and I you know I enjoyed it I played it a little bit didn't didn't finish it but I feel like there's always the caveat with Hi-Fi Rush it's like Hi-Fi Rush was great but it's not the kind of game that I'm looking to play on my 450 pound you know power pushing 4k ready home console type thing uh, And and it's come to Steam as well I know that like you know, most games, most first-party games seem to yeah. end up on Steam now. Ratchet and Clank's on its way, but I agree. Like PlayStation have been knocking it out of the park lately, and now this is the the reason why Xbox needs to nail it with the sub, with their with their showcase because they've basically mm. got an open goal net. It's very rare that PlayStation go ahead of Xbox in the E3 period. That's how we ended up with things where the Xbox One price was announced. And then later on that that afternoon, the PS4 price was announced. And everyone's cheering because it was $50 less. (laughs) And that's when they showed that, here's how you share games on PlayStation, handing it to literally the person stood next to him. So I feel like if I was Xbox and I was Phil Spencer right now, I would have been taking copious notes during the PlayStation showcase and then basically designing my showcase Uh, around as a response to that one and i think that's why the cgi stuff is out like people aren't happy with it so yeah i was just going to
1: say about the cgi trailers going ahead and making a sort of like having a little bit of a dig like that means that your showcase has to be better than playstation showcase even if there are no cgi trailers and there were some in the playstation showcase fine cool if your games that you're announcing aren't better than than what PlayStation announced and people aren't more excited, then what was the point of that dig? That's just embarrassing for you, Phil Spencer, mate. Like, come on, that's just really sad. Yeah,
2: yeah. but um... I, just on on come the on. showcase again, I think Phil Spencer needs to look at it. Aaron's completely right; they need to take notes, and the way they need to approach it is okay. Let's let's aim the the audience for this showcase needs to be uh, some young child who hasn't got a console yet. These are the games that you need to you need to get because you need to get an xbox that's how they need to market it they, they, they need to market it as, this is the this is the console to buy and if you buy the console these are the games you're going to plan it because that's 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 if you if you get get to if you kind of approach it that way then that's going to please that's going to please all the people with xboxes because and people without xboxes as well because when i was growing up that was exactly how you chose your console you looked at the games that were available and you were like yeah i'd rather that one oh that's only on xbox okay i'll get an xbox or oh i, I want to get that game which playstation okay i'll get on playstation then so they need I to just pretend can. that they're doing it for a 12 year old kid who hasn't got who hasn't got a console the you need to buy an xbox because roll roll credits yeah. yeah, that's what they need to do and what do 12 year old kids like more than uh men big
0: bulky men with chainsaw guns grinding through aliens gears of war six this is what i'm saying that's
2: what i'm that's saying that's all i wanted that's all i wanted <laughs> uh, i wanted that that sort of I, I remember the first time i know this is completely off topic but that sort of shielding mechanic where you, that you sort of crouched down and were side on and like you could oh uh, yeah. that was just it was so in, innovative at the time and this whole story of gears of war was just like whoa like the fact that they were coming out of the center of the earth and stuff and we i just haven't had that i I'm haven't had I that sort of magic
1: when, i'm glad i wasn't alive when crouching and shooting was an innovative thing in aaron me, knows what like. i mean aaron knows what i mean right <laughs> oh, yeah. that, that
2: sort of that system of of you know Cup it's shooting. because yeah because at that time in games um there was set areas for cover i think and it was pretty obvious but gears of war made it so that it was it was sort of um not every surface but most surfaces were something to hide behind it was one it was like one of the first games that did that in terms so of how, cover basically if
0: you want to think about it this way like resident evil 4 pioneered the over the shoulder shooting then gears of war took that and added the cover like onto it there's I think it was 07, everything or nothing on the PS2 that technically had a cover shooting system as well, but obviously it didn't work anywhere uh near yeah. as well. Um yeah. but I just have to say, guys, I it does upset me a little bit that uh we're we're saying, like, well, or at least I'm saying that, like, oh, for this showcase to be a popper, um, Xbox needs to bring out the sixth entry in a franchise it first created during the Xbox 360 days. Um and unfortunately, like that's the case with everything we know that they've got in their Arsenal fable. Um, You know, Outer Worlds 2, that's a pre-existing franchise Halo, Gears of War, you know, all these other things Senua's Sacrifice 2, like th- th- these are all like sequel games I want to see like new first party franchises be made and invested in Because as, for as much shade as we threw at the PlayStation showcase Well, Marathon wasn't new, but obviously Fair Games with dollars, a fair game dollar sign at the end, obviously. Sorry to give it its proper name. That was a new IP. Mm-hmm. Concord was a new IP. Like mm-hmm. it did. Foam Stars was a new IP, even though that's a Square Enix game. It's still exclusive to PlayStation. So it, it was just a case of that. These new IPs didn't particularly speak to me as someone who values single player, solo, you know, story driven games. So um, it, it's a bit of a shame that But that's the position that Xbox is in right now. And I've heard multiple people say that, like, I don't even think Gears is enough to get me to keep playing on Xbox now. So that's why if I was the coalition right now, I'd be putting together the best-looking Gears of War. This is the first one to run on Unreal Engine 5, get it looking in ship shape, you know, announce it. It's six months out. It's going to be ready uh, early next year. Oh, what a pop that would be.
1: I think um, a lot of... Sorry. I think a lot of um, game development studios have been really hesitant to... um stick release dates on their games now as well, which is something yeah. we saw at PlayStation Showcase. And yeah also at the uh, Meta metagaming showcase, a lot of titles at like Meta Gaming Showcase, because they did announce a bunch of them, did have release time frames, you know, like, oh yeah, coming this this autumn or coming in September or coming in next year or whatever. So like you have a general gist. But it was very, very rare that we saw a game with an actual date on it, unless it was sort of within the next two weeks or a month or whatever and i get yeah. why because they don't want to announce it and then be like well we're delaying this because delays have been like you know the have been the spotlight of the past few years games that people are really excited for like starfield get delayed like Redfall, get delayed so they're probably a bit hesitant to put release dates on it but i think um i will be quite disappointed if if there's if there's new ips and stuff announced at at the xbox gaming showcase that don't have release dates on them because it's just really really upsetting and i feel like even if they feel like yeah the game's not ready for us to stick a release date on it yet don't show it to me then don't make me excited for a game that's coming out in two years time don't make me sit here waiting twiddling my thumbs because that's what they're banking on is that people are gonna be like no it's fine like if they announce some brand new ip Brand new, sort of first party exclusive, and then they say, "Oh yeah, it's coming out in 2025." That's what they're banking on is that they can keep using to, that for the next few years. I just, to tr- I don't to want
0: transition that. the chat and jump off of Jasmine's point, though, I think that's why I'm excited, particularly about Summer Games Fest. Yeah, because, that is what I was uh, going
1: to go into. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Because like, there's been a list of games that we know are confirmed to show, and because ob- obviously in the PlayStation Showcase there were games with dates, but they were third parties. So Alan Wake Two and Assassin's Creed Mirage both coming in October. I don't think that's a secret that they've you know chosen couple of months ahead just to announce the release date but yeah in terms of like the list of games here at Summer Games Fest like Alan Wake 2, Immortals of Avium which is that Unreal Engine 5 game that's meant to be like a fantasy Call of Duty, Mortal Kombat 1, the, we know that's coming soon Baldur's Gate 3, full release of that's coming. Lies of P, which is that Bloodborne like game everybody's excited about. And then the Cyberpunk 2077 expansion, Phantom Limit Liberty. Like these are all games that you'll be playing within the next, before the end of the year, essentially. And and that's like really exciting because, yeah, we know about them and they've existed before. But, you know, there's still, we haven't seen Alan Wake 2 gameplay yet. That's probably going to be at Hmm. Summer Games Fest. We haven't seen Mortal Kombat 1 gameplay yet. That is definitely going to be at Summer Games Fest.
2: So there's plenty of. Elden Ring DLC potentially as well. Elden Ring um, DLC, yeah, the new Call of Duty game potentially as well. Um, yeah, they've been really uh, yeah. quiet about Call of Duty, haven't they? This year, I feel like we're usually <sighs> hearing rumbles by now. What's yeah, I mean, that's probably because there's no one playing it, so they're, st- <laughs> they're just trying to keep a low profile and not overpromise again. Because, but that's the difference yeah. between me and you, though, because I have never played Warzone.
0: Like to me, Call of Duty is campaign, but I know I'm a yeah minority yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Like if they announce I, that Black uh, yeah. Ops is next, oh, I'd be excited. Oh. Yeah. I mean just, I to go, just to go just to quickly
1: go and it's the... <laughs> yeah. Me. Yeah, go on Nathan.
2: No, just to quickly go back before we get onto the summer showcase okay, the summer games fest uh, yeah. chat. Um I was just having a quick thing to myself about games uh, I cr- just I hope you guys know what I mean when I talk about games that made you feel like they were magic like when you watch the trailer you were like oh my god I cannot wait to play that game I was trying to think of like the games that gave you that sort of magical feeling that you just you cannot literally cannot wait to play them and there's the obviously the Red Dead Redemptions the Witcher 3 GTA games you know all the all the huge titles that are available on both but if I'm just thinking about Xbox only titles I think the last one I can really think about is the Halo 3 in 2006. I remember the trailer of that where Master Chief is there and he throws like a shield ball and the shield's on him and then he goes to like a crater and there's like a massive thing and it's like do-do-do-do and it's just the music and everything. and Are I, you I, telling I, me
1: the last time you were excited for a game was 2006? Uh, so no, I'm, I'm saying
2: an <laughs> Xbox exclusive title.
1: Was 2006? I, th- I think so. Oh, my God. I gosh. think so. Nathan why did you buy uh, why did you buy more Xboxes after that?
2: Why did you I buy so many? I don't know.
1: Let's forget leaving uh, the game you... for a second here. Look how many Xboxes he's got behind him. Can you think of it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Just block them out. Um uh, can you am I missing any? I'm trying to think of Scott I'm has really said
1: in the chat Dragons Dogma 2 is his Yeah, what about that game? version of that. But that's not
2: Xbox exclusive though.
1: I know, but that's just his input.
0: I think Thanks for Scott. me, like, I've never, his- <laughs> I've not historically been an Xbox player. Surprise, surprise. Like, my first Xbox was the Xbox One, and that was towards the end of its life cycle. I yeah. always went over mates' houses and played the Xbox 360. But if you're talking about, like, hype trailers, then it's the Gears of War. All around me are fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that sort of stuff. But but how long was that ago? That was probably before Halo 3, if I had to guess. Like, I don't know. Um
2: yeah, okay, I- Scott
1: trailer. Scott specifying that this was before you said Xbox exclusive. So oh right, okay. <laughs> let him off, let him off.
2: But like like I said but like if you think of Red Dead Redemption 2, The Witcher, uh, GTA, all those sort of games, obviously they give you the magical feeling, right? Aaron, I think you can and Jasmine, I think you can agree agree with that. I don't, you're probably too young Jasmine for those games. Um <sighs>
1: but uh <laughs> it right, okay. couldn't be um, couldn't be a walkthrough not... podcast without getting in a exactly. shot about how young red
2: bull jasmine's young tick <laughs> uh game pass not yet question mark mm. i'm sure we'll get into that um but yeah i just uh, the more i talk about it, it this is like a therapy to me every week now where i just sort of talk about how i feel about xbox and it's slowly dawning on me like you made the wrong decision uh, not made the wrong decision but i've invested in an ecosystem that doesn't give me back what i put into it sort of thing is the is the this is the thing about xbox
1: for me as well is that i feel like xbox is the more accessible platform in terms of the xbox series s is is way cheaper yeah so like even when it went on sale on black friday it was less than 200 quid which is insane to me you can get a whole console for less than 200 quid and yeah it doesn't output in like you know 4K, it's 40, or whatever it's 1440p, but, but you get 1440p, 60 frames. That's all yeah. right, you know. For less yeah. than 200 quid, that is banging. That is yeah. really good, and you can access Xbox Game Pass, which um I won't go into too much. But you know, it's you pay monthly membership, you get access to a wide library of games. It's way more accessible than PlayStation is, and somehow, somehow, considering both of these factors, guys, somehow they're still losing. I don't <laughs> yeah. understand. Yeah, this Aaron, really I'll let you sad. finish off.
2: Finish no, off Jasmine's no. <laughs> point because you've I mean, they're so brilliant Oh, much... uh, what? Xbox uh, Series S is under 200 quid. but yeah. uh,
0: What are you playing on it? Exactly. <laughs> Redfall. That's it. Like I, I, I'll never forget that tweet. People Minecraft. Are like, oh, this is an amazing deal. Oh, da da like, great. That's great. What are you playing on it?
1: Yeah, but uh, this what, is the thing: that is that like, they they set up for this um, generation of console. They set themselves up so nicely. And not make ha- money.
0: I agree. Having
1: yeah. okay wait i didn't finish <laughs> they set themselves up so nicely to have more people flood to xbox over playstation because it was cheaper and that is a really big thing for a lot of people the considering you know you have to consider the price of the console and considering you know when ps 5 first came out people were like scalping them for for hundreds above their retail cost so it was easier to get an xbox so you know they set themselves up really nicely before the sort of new generation of games came out and they still messed it up They still messed it up so badly. I don't understand.
0: Because they don't Um, know the quality of the games right there. They don't know how to manage their studios. I mean, I'll have this conversation as much as as until the cows come home. And they're still
1: wanting to spend billions upon billions purchasing...
0: Activision Blizzard.
1: Purchasing Activision Blizzard. You can put that billions and billions and billions of dollars. Phil, are you listening? Billions (laughs) and billions of dollars. Invest that in the game studios that you already own and come out with some insane games, please.
0: I'm sure that Phil doesn't walk into his office every day and goes, I can't wait to not put games out today. Like game development is hard. The problem is, is that they've had the time and people are losing patience and you've already taken people's money. And that's, that's the worst thing really, is that a lot of people will just, I'm one of them. The Xbox game pass subscription comes on my account. Doesn't matter what games are on there. It's coming month, 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 month. What incentive do they have? Like (laughs) Phil's there
2: in his office going, let's charge Aaron Potter now. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Who's this? Who's this? Aaron Potter guy? Okay, yeah, is his money coming out? That's all I care about. Um, But uh, without giving too much away, I will be. uh, There's a there's a potential chance that I could be sat next to Phil Spencer during the Xbox showcase this weekend, and I'll be if I am, I'll be watching closely at his face, and I'll be going up to him in between every game (laughs) announcement. Phil, what's taking so long? What's what going on? Is Gear Six going to be at the show? But, you better um, live up
1: to you better live up to your words, I say on on the podcast. Hello, here, Phil. You... Yeah, right. Yeah. You speak oh, a lot, hello. but then when you see him, if you just if you just oh, check him out, just... great job, great job,
0: yeah. <laughs> especially like I don't want to lift the curtain too much, but if it's like an off the record thing, I'll be like Phil, what is going on, mate? Like, uh, come mm. on, like what happened with Redfall? If you, you had, had one question for
2: him? him, is that what you'd, you'd be like, Phil? Mate, what's going on? Come on, I'd be like is Phil,
0: that... when are you going to put a game out? That's what I'd be like. I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know if I you believe keep...
1: that you'd say that. I don't know if you've got the confidence, Aaron. Then he'd probably
0: ask me to leave. But uh, I'm a very <laughs> confident guy. You know, I like to think. There's a, look. There's a few. There's a handful of developers that would give me the nerves. That's Hideo Kojima, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe Miyamoto. But like, um, Phil Spencer's just a guy. That's the constant thing. That's the constant vibes he's Just putting. Out. He's guy like, guy oh, in an you Xbox guys? shirt with his blazer yeah. on
1: top. Yeah, <laughs> <his trees>. yeah. <laughs>
2: Talking of um, Kojima, uh, we could see uh, their Xbox uh, project, which was announced at the 2022 mm. Xbox Showcase. We could have a look at um, the first proper look at that as well, potentially. Um, mm. So, a good segue. Aaron.
0: He, good he and, segue. He and, he and, oh, I definitely planned that. But Hideo Kojima announced that his company is making a documentary about himself today so i'm sure he'll and he popped up at the apple event as well so yeah yeah, yeah. this is the summer of kojima i think because uh we'll definitely hear from him but if we hear from him i think that's going to be at summer games fest because him and jeff are just the best of buds
2: you know yeah yeah Um, just to summarize i think we've talked about all these xbox games talked about giz or talked about halo um talked about fable like that that sort of exactly yeah but that that sort (laughs) of era like if you didn't own an xbox like like you were missing out on those games and you like xbox mm-hmm. are winning in my opinion xbox are winning winning that generation comfortably yeah, if you didn't and have
1: an xbox 360 you were yeah you weren't one of the cool kids do you know what uh, i mean? I think, people come uh, into yeah. school and they were like oh yeah i got a playstation 3 i was like well why yeah why the amount of
0: arguments i had to have about why trophies are better than than achievements on xbox 360 as a kid do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Yeah, trying yeah, to justify absolutely. it yeah yeah
2: so uh, at that point I was justified, right? But mm-hmm. but I think it's the case of yeah. But it's what what just...
1: well, you weren't justified in doing, Nathan, is carrying on being team team green for no reason. You well, invested no, into that's... an Xbox I... Series X, but I put my trust
2: in a platform that had served me well before. I
0: think yeah, that's valid. That's valid. The, that's
1: the Fair enough. I think
0: look, Nathan's not the only one. Like, I don't begrudge anybody for like wanting to play great games. And like, if you like, there's a lot of multi-platform third-party releases that come to Xbox. Obviously, if you want to do that there, but exclusives sell consoles at the end of the day. And I Mm -hmm. keep going back to that Xbox uh, kind of funny XCast interview he did, where he's like, he basically says, "Great games don't sell consoles." And I'm like, -hmm. "What planet are you living on, Phil?" So. Because like, they lost the Xbox One generation, they're losing the Series X generation, that's why they're smart to fight their own battle in terms of this Xbox Game Pass, the streaming subscription wars thing. It's just the same that that you will hit a ceiling with that, I think. Like,
2: mm-hmm. games are getting devalued by the year, it seems like. Just, yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, I don't want to... This is also massively on topic, but what are they do in the naming schemes? their their consoles? Like...
1: Yeah, yeah i think uh that is one so thing that, that puts a lot of people not entirely off but it just makes it confusing right like playstation yeah. is simple what did you have one two three four mm. five done you had a pro
2: <laughs> and a slim in there as well but
1: yeah but even those it's just like it's self-explanatory what, what that means okay yeah. the Vita was a bit, a <laughs> bit confusing but um yeah um... but one
2: one xbox one xbox one x um xbox series s xbox series x xbox 360 s or just i don't know yeah just yeah. and
1: on that note let's let's move on to um something else very exciting that happened last week before we start getting into xbox game pass talk and aaron goes off on one again um so let's move on to the meta quest 3 the MetaQuest 3 was announced last week, just before the Meta Gaming showcase that we did. So it wasn't announced during it. They decided to announce it in a blog post before it. So they had this amazing showcase that they could have done, and they didn't announce it there. Totally not salty. But anyway, the MetaQuest 3 will launch as early as this fall with a 128 gigabyte model retailing for $499.99. It has specific improvements, um, including a mixed reality functionality which is also known as like AR augmented reality it has improved performance haptic controllers hand tracking higher resolution and a much slimmer headset design over the meta quest 2 they have also claimed that it will bring double the gpu processing power to the table when compared to the meta quest 2 in the form of a next gen snapdragon chip and unlike sony's headset Meta has also confirmed that the new console will be backwards compatible with the full library of over 500 games, which are available for the MetaQuest 2, with even more launching at the MetaQuest Gaming Showcase just last week. So, as a big VR aficionado, I am so, so excited for this new headset to launch um, and... I was really worried when i first heard about the meta quest 3 coming out i was like okay i've got this massive library of games on the meta quest 2 because i've had my meta quest 2 for three two and a half years now and i've loved it i've bought tons of games on it i have bought tons of dlc on it and i was like okay when meta quest 3 comes out i'm gonna have hundreds and hundreds of pounds go down the drain and now i'm not going to thank you so much mark zuckerberg you've done one thing right thank you i really appreciate that but um, do you guys think you're going to be picking up um, MetaQuest 3? I know that both of you guys have the MetaQuest 2 right now, if I'm not mistaken. And I don't know how much you guys actually play VR anymore because I feel like um, it's slowly starting to slip the, the bridges of it. So maybe this is going to be the revival of VR. Are you guys going to be picking up the new headset or are you still thinking about it? Because at $499, that's, that's a lot of money.
2: I think I need to see more VR games that take advantage of the upgraded um, upgraded power and the upgraded resolution of the device. I feel like I need to see more games where they sort of wow me because if I buy it na- right now, um, it, say if it was out now and I could just walk to the shop and buy it, I'd just be playing older games that that were developed for the Metal Quest 2 anyway, so they're going to look pretty pretty similar um so i I feel like i'd want to see a little bit more but look if there's if there's if there's games that take advantage of it absolutely there's no reason why why not um and it it looks amazing the fact that it looks slimmer and sleeker and not as heavy is a huge yeah, thing as well. Yeah, that's me. what
1: I'm really excited about. I'm excited yeah. about the slimmer headset design because it's going to be not that the Meta Quest is really heavy, but you know, sometimes it's a bit annoying. So, I am really looking forward to it being lighter. Um, this is what I'm most excited about is actually the augmented reality. Um, mm. Wait for this. Wait for this.
2: Yeah, that's pretty what sick. That DLC looks Dragons. insane.
1: That looks so cool, and obviously it's not going to look like that. I think I don't know. The that was Vita third, did
0: this though in twenty twelve. That's all I'll say. The Vita did it.
1: Okay, well, I don't know how well the Vita did augmented reality. Aaron. Do you remember I that cardboard VR Vita.
2: thing? That, oh, that yeah, well. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that, that did that. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you can play Monopoly on it like
0: that, I'm oh, down. Why aren't Why aren't there more VR games that are literally just? Here's a board game. Like, yeah. Well, by, up, I mean, I play a lot packs. of
1: tabletop. I play a lot of tabletop simulator on my MetaQuest too. I will say. Um,
0: okay, that's good, but it's not like officially licensed <laughs> or anything like that, is it?
1: I mean, it's on Steam and it's compatible with VR.
0: Oh, what's Nathan Laughing about? Is
2: that <laughs> just, the, just the just the way you said? Just the way you said that's good. But
0: all <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, sorry. It's probably because I was taking a sip of my uh, non-descript uh, lemonade can. But um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I in terms of like my excitement for the MetaQuest 3, again, it just comes down to the games. And I think, yeah. for reasons both good and bad, Jasmine, when we reacted to that showcase, aside from that lady who talked, you know, God bless her, a bit too much in between the trailers, like we were oh, just yeah. there for the yeah. games, um, all the games were MetaQuest 2 and MetaQuest 3 compatible. So I feel like the, the hardware is not being fully taken advantage of. And to be honest, like now that the price is cut for the MetaQuest 2, Obviously, they're going to see an increase in sales for that, and I don't know in the long run how well that's going to, you know, affect MetaQuest three sales. Yeah, I think the MetaQuest
1: two has been the go-to VR headset for a lot of people um, for the past couple of years because it's standalone. It's relatively cheap compared to the alternatives. I mean, even the MetaQuest three now is still cheaper than PSVR two, and it's standalone. And I know that it's heavily subsidised, but that's beyond the point for consumers. It seems like the go-to option. And the MetaQuest two, like it's you can sort of access games on a ton of different platforms like um, the Epic Game Store or Steam, and that's just something PSVR 2 can't do, and it makes it the go to option for many. So, I think a lot of people, a lot of gamers, if they do have a VR headset, it is typically the MetaQuest 2. So, I feel like I do get what you're saying in the sense that they can't just like drop support for the MetaQuest 2.
0: Yeah, um, that would be silly. But, if you
1: know, yeah, don't know how many. To they've that they've dropped support for the meta quest the original meta quest this year they just announced it earlier this year um do we do we
0: know how many units the meta quest 2 has sold it's got to be in the millions right i would have thought
1: oh yeah 100 percent yeah
0: even psvr the original sold in the millions so because that's the thing for the longest time like not to bring up sony again but like for the longest time the original psvr was the accessible uh vr headset because obviously everything else like the hdc vibe at you know, I think I said vibe then, not Vive, but hey, HTC, you can have that one. The HTC vibe, yeah, that required you to set up like cameras do all these crazy yeah, things.
1: Yeah.
0: And then the MetaQuest two comes along and then eats the PSVR's lunch, which is why it was mm-hmm. extra especially disappointing when the PSVR two was still tethered. So, you know, the MetaQuest three, as if it's um, a more powerful two, yeah.
1: As of March twenty twenty three, there were twenty million Quest two headsets sold. Yeah. Um, so that is pretty intense um
2: what i'm really interested in is how will it perform in the metaverse did they talk about that
1: oh nathan what even is the metaverse what even is the metaverse anymore (laughs) like
2: (laughs) (laughs) did they did they mention that in the no they didn't really sort of metaverse they didn't mention the the terrible metaverse figurines that look like the the sims characters
1: whatever the metaverse is right they didn't speak about it because wow Oh, I don't know it's all
0: been shut down isn't it so do you know what yeah.
1: I mean oh Jason's in the chat he says hello everyone just dropped by to say hi hello Jason Welcome uh, hi Jason to... Jason good to see um, you again but yeah I I they didn't mention the metaverse which is um really I don't know I I can I think it's kind of to be expected because they um they kind of dropped all the metaverse stuff very quickly after they announced it I think they didn't really sort of. Think about what it. It was going to be, yeah. They were just like, yeah, let's just. We've got this cool new name. Let's just like use it to to do the metaverse, whatever that's going to be. Yeah, so that's not a that's not really a thing. Um, it wasn't included in the MetaQuest three um announcement as we just watched. It wasn't wow. included in the entire metagaming showcase, which was a lot of talking between trailers. So there was a lot of opportunity for her to bring it up. Just saying. can I
0: just say, my personal highlight from that MetaQuest showcase was the a um, little game. Called the Attack on Titan uh, VR game. It looked oh, really right. good. Let's not it looked like it, it <laughs> looked like it like it was going to take so much advantage over the the tech possible. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: I I have obviously you guys know I'm a big fan of Attack on Titan. Big fan um, of uh, the franchise and i was really looking forward to this attack on titan game uh there's been tons of fan made ones and um i will say when they showed the trailer it was like official gameplay so i was like wow this is hopefully it's gonna look so cool and then it literally looked like it was being rendered on like a computer from the 90s like when they just figured out how to make animation for the first time it was really, really bad looking. It looked like Wallace and Gromit. It, was really,
0: really it looked worse than Wallace and Gromit. Like, so, I, you know. yeah.
2: so
1: my my hope for, um, you know, the, the MetaQuest 3 has all this insane hardware. My hope for the hardware being utilized correctly was promptly knocked down after seeing that. And that's coming from a very, very big Attack on Titan fan. So I, I would say that is um, a bit, a bit upsetting. Um, yeah. So, is that was that a yes or a no on on the MetaQuest Three new you,
0: From me, it's I'm not I'm not going to rush in to buy it day uh, day one. Was it As uh, Asura's Az- Wrath, Azura's, or something like Asgard's Wrath? Was that that mm-hmm. was their like big showcase game? Oh, the they, big they one at the game? end, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they spent like ten minutes just on that game alone, and obviously the first one, as we later found out, was like very well received, and it's getting like got like nines. Yeah. I
1: mean, I, I hadn't never yeah. heard of it, but yeah.
0: Well, that's and that's the problem, really, isn't it? Like they need to do a bit better job about marketing these VR these VR games. Hundred percent.
1: Do you feel like VR needs?
2: Do you feel like VR needs a standalone AAA title that everyone like? It's almost to make sort of VR a console in itself, in a way where people buy the VR headsets just to play that game do you feel like it needs a, a game on its own at this point that, that's how i feel. I bought
1: vr just to play beat saber i will put my hands up beat saber. and say that i bought i 100 got mine i mean it was a gift but the whole reason yeah. i was looking into getting one was yeah to was to play beat saber and that's it and that's also what i now use it for like I, I i played a bunch of other games you know i played like arizona sunshine super hot yeah. um onward you know these games which are um really big in in the world of vr especially back when the meta quest 2 first came out but i got it just to play Beat Saber, and i wouldn't know i wouldn't say that's a triple a title or anything no but, but as in like right a...
2: now though right now if you were in the market for a vr headset and you wanted to play Beat but you get the meta quest 2 you wouldn't get the meta quest 3
1: well the meta quest Three is not out yet nathan no, no but <laughs> no, if, it, it, if, they, if, if yeah. it was
2: out now you wouldn't you'd go for the quest 2 it's cheaper yeah. and it can yeah. play Beat Saber, like t- so it's the... the
1: same library of games across both of them at the minute. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it feels but, like but... The,
2: the price is steadily creeping up for VR headsets. Look at the PSVR 2, look at the MetQuest 3. It, but it just feels like we need a dedicated VR experience that sort of breaks the barrier of entry where game... people go.
0: You're talking about a killer app, and I think yeah. that for a lot of people, that was Half Life Alex, mm-hmm. but that like the MetaQuest, Two and potentially three has a problem in that it can't run it natively. Like the, the two's yeah. not powerful enough. You have to be either tethered or stream it from your gaming laptop mm-hmm. or PC. So well, um, that's the
1: thing. I... You can do that. You can stream yeah. it from your gaming laptop or PC. I'm just saying. Yeah, Aaron. Can't do can... that from yeah. PSVR2.
0: Well, no, I know. Like, and that's a problem. Like, if I was PlayStation, knowing that PSVR2 was coming out, I'd be knocking down Valve's door to try and get that thing ported to the headset. I'd pull out all the stops. And mm. I, I'm shocked that it still isn't on. That headset now, because I know people would really really go for it, but obviously the problem there is that valve just they have the money and the resources to just you know spend away. they don't need to worry about if Alex makes money or not, yeah. and I think that's what a lot of VR developers are finding It's like, well, do we want to invest this much in what is still a
2: niche audience? I don't know, yeah Adam is L says uh, in the chat, comments? sorry, I wonder how <laughs> how Redfall runs on MetaQuest too uh yeah i i wonder that as well maybe we should give it a go i'll try that i'll try that yeah yeah, yeah. I will, not I well not well i would guess um, i mean it's
1: not for vr so it wouldn't yeah. be like uh me actually using my hands it'd be me yeah. playing it on a screen in front of me <laughs> yeah, yeah a giant cinema. A just for you adam yeah I'll, I'll give it a go the thing so that worries
2: me a little bit about the quest through it sorry to sorry to That's but right. you know um is that I know, I know, I know that the MetaQuest Three, they're probably probably losing money on it, or not making money on it, or not making that much money on it because of the price that they they're doing it for Meta. But mm. what does worry about it me slightly is the fact that the Snapdragon chips are essentially mobile slash laptop chips. Yeah. Um, and.
1: But that's the same we, as the MetaQuest Two yeah but it's wh- not it's I not think... the same sort of thing this is why like the price difference is a bit more justifiable between the two is because yeah the, the hardware inside the MetaQuest 2 is is significantly like lower performance than oh, that yeah. of yeah. of psvr2 but that comes at the consequence of needing to be tethered and yeah. i would prefer to sort of take a, the performance hit, and because the game's still run like really smoothly, really nicely. They don't look yeah. as beautiful as you know, Horizon: Call of the Mountains does on PSVR two. They run really nicely, so I'd prefer to take that performance hit and be completely immersed than play, yeah. see something like really beautiful. But the library of games is like what there's like not even a hundred yet. I think yeah, it's seventy five, yeah, yeah. and have to play with a cable. Which yeah. is just really annoying in VR. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever well, played uh, VR with a cable, but it is it yeah. is annoying. I,
2: I the way I use VR right now is um, I uh, play VR on the uh, with F one twenty two. They've got a VR mode, and you have to be tethered for it to work. Any any in any. Don't you have good to be way. sat?
1: In like a chair anyway, because it's like so yeah, th- so
2: it's not as bad because you're not yeah. moving your head as much, so you don't need to, You know, you're not standing up; you're sitting down anyway. So, but I think that's my point is that you, you, I'm using it on games where, but I'm, I'm using it in a way where I'll do it for a, a short period of time. Um, I'll do it for a, a short period of time, and then it's sort of I'll just go back to playing the normal game. It's it's sort of it's not, but that's because it's you not have the a experience. Rig, that I'm going right. Through. Yeah, I suppose. So it makes yeah. it a bit
1: more immersive that way for you. Yeah. Um, so I think it is a it is dependent on what type of games you play because yeah. for yeah. me, I love playing like um like rhythm games and stuff like that because I play like Beat Saber and Power Beats VR a lot, yeah. and it makes it really and so even stuff like Superhot, which isn't a rhythm game but it's very based on how you're moving around and stuff.
2: Yeah. So
1: it makes way more sense to play those in VR. Yeah. Like I'm not going to play Superhot on my PC and it's just yeah. like nowhere near as fun. But yeah. if you are someone that prefers to play racing games where you're sat down, then, yeah, it makes more sense to just yeah. have a dedicated racing rig.
2: Yeah. I, wanna, um, I wanted to ask Aaron, actually, like, When when's the last time you used your MetaQuest 2?
0: Uh, it's a good question. I think it was the, when I used it for a prolonged amount of time. It was probably when the original version of Resident Evil 4 VR came out, which I think was, like, end of last year, if I had to mm. guess. And then since really? then, it's, like, mainly dibbing and dabbing. Yeah. Like, ever, honestly... honestly since we've been talking about really? all this VR stuff, it has like piqued my excitement to like pick it up again because there was that Peaky Blinders game that I demoed and it, it looked really good. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, it's very infrequent for me. Like, it's not oh like my God.
1: it's
2: exactly the same. Exactly setup. the same for me. That's, exactly that's the same
1: insane. Me. I, th- I thought everyone was like me playing on VR all the time. I mean, I'm no, not playing no. every day. So I'm definitely picking it up. But at least, I mean, I've got two different headsets to be fair. So I've got um, I've got choices. But yeah, um, yeah.
0: Living in the real
1: Something world, Jasmine. No, I'm never going to live in the <laughs> real world. That's so boring. Um, but before we move on to our next topic, um, which Jason has alluded to in our chat about the um, new Apple VR headset, I do want to say thank you so much to Aaron for being here, but unfortunately he has to shoot off. Um, so thank you so much for joining us and you know not ranting on about xbox game pass i greatly appreciate that <laughs>
0: anytime anytime uh enjoy the rest of your- i've got i can't talk about the apple vision pro and the egregious price they're asking for it but have a good rest of the show guys and i'll uh, i'll catch you guys later salad so, hey,
2: a phil, phil for me so, I will, yep, i'll give phil your number see you later <laughs> <laughs> <Cheers>. <laughs>
1: and then there were two yes Um, it's
2: the nathan jasmine show welcome
1: (laughs) (laughs) moving swiftly on to um the apple vision pro i don't know how much um how much you have to say about this but i've got a lot to say so i will start off with um apple unveiled the apple vision pro a revolutionary spatial computer that seamlessly blends digital content with the physical world while allowing users to stay present and connected to others it is coming in at $3,499, $3,499, which is about £3,000-ish. I don't think they've confirmed a price in pounds yet, but that is insane. That is like You could buy a car with that money. Come on, guys. Think about where your investments are going. Um, It's mm-hmm. got more pixels than a 4K TV for each eye, and it has a custom micro OLED display, which features 23 million pixels. I don't even know what you'd do with that many pixels to be completely honest with you. It features high performance eye tracking um, using infrared cameras. And the main focus of this headset um, is actual is actually augmented reality rather than virtual reality. Meaning it's about using um, the computer whilst you're still in the space that you're currently in so like using it for productivity purposes is what Apple showcased a lot during the announcement of it using it as a computer using it to FaceTime your family and stuff whilst still being in the environment that you're in so you know whilst you're cooking dinner you can have your your family on FaceTime or be watching a recipe video up in the corner and um, I don't know if you've seen what it looks like Nathan Um, yeah but it looks like a it looks a bit strange It's like, uh, ski,
2: like a ski goggle, ski goggle.
1: Yeah. yeah um and from the announcement um video i will say it's giving like that black mirror vibe a little bit uh, and i will say hands up i i don't even mind because of how cool it seems yeah which i think is a really bad thing to say i think i'm falling into the the technology trap a little bit um but you know i don't unlike you i don't really have like kids family that i need to spend time with and stuff so i can just get lost in the <laughs> in the world of, of vr every evening and no yeah. one's gonna get there right um what do you think about it have you got any initial thoughts before d- not on the price yet just about yeah what it is right i know yeah?
2: no, i i I've been a user of Apple products um, ever since the original iPhone, so I've watched a lot of keynotes, um, and I it is never it is never not hilarious to me that they never call their products what they actually are. Not once did they call this an AR headset. They refer to it as a spatial computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. an AR headset, guys. Like stop Yeah. Like yeah, it's just marketing speak, but. Um, I, I like it. I think I think it looks like an amazing piece of technology. Look at this. I yeah. This
1: looks sick.
2: If you look at it as a computer rather than a headset, it makes more sense because if yeah. you think about Apple's pricing. Oh, sorry, I'm mm-hmm. getting its pricing. Uh, okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I went into the it. Okay, roll it back. Roll it back. Right, I, think right, right. More... I think it's more. Um... I think it's. I just don't know. It Have looks... you
1: noticed that it's wired, by the way?
2: Yes, I, I did. I did notice that. Yeah, it's um, a
1: wired device for for three thousand four hundred. You know what really annoyed me that
2: that, yeah. that Tim Cook didn't wear it. That really annoyed me. I don't know why, but that really annoyed that, me.
1: I didn't even think about that. Yeah, every that Apple CEO
2: when they've launched a huge product, whether it's the iPhone, the iPad, the Mac, mm, the MacBook. Mm. Uh, the MacBook Air, the iPod, uh, the every Watch. yeah, the Apple Watch, every every new product they've they've law ever ever, the CEO has always had it on or or had it in yeah. hand.
1: Yeah. And they the pull it that out t- their pocket and then they go like, "Look, I've got the new iPhone that I've just announced." Yeah, and they exactly. More like, razzle about it. Yeah,
2: yeah. The fact that Tim Cook didn't wear it really annoyed me maybe more than it should have, than it should have done, but. No, yeah I, I i watched it as a sort of uh just in awe of of it but then i was like i haven't got a need for it like uh... who
1: who does have a need for it adam el says in the chat cook a steak while watching netflix or use it in the gym even either of those those are things you could do with your phone you know or an ipad or something yeah you can just prop your phone up against like the the counter or whatever. Yeah, I do that. Yeah, I do that. And you just watch your Netflix there while you're cooking your steak or at the gym, you know, you're running on the treadmill or whatever. You just put your phone on the thing. It comes with a little thing for you to hold your phone on it and you yeah you use it for whatever. I think you're gonna look weirder walking into the gym, finding a plug for this thing because it's not wireless, (laughs) plugging it in somewhere, and then walking around the gym with your ski goggles on. Like this isn't something that you could use on the go, I don't think, and even I, in your house.
2: I mean, I don't know. Will Will's in the in the chat, um, not the the public chat, in the private chat that we've got. He says you can connect to your Mac desktop and then just edit as you walk around. I can edit as I walk my dog. He says you can edit videos as you walk. I Will, think that, if that... you're
1: walking around in a park editing videos whilst you're walking your dog. <laughs> You, uh, you're going to trip on a rock or something and smash this this 3,000 yeah. pair of goggles.
2: But that that's an interesting point. That brings me on to the next thing that I, I was seriously impressed with is the fact that it doesn't have controllers. The fact oh, that it uses your yes. hands. That, that to me... me... It's that's insane. A, that's yeah. the biggest thing for me. It is to, so that's the biggest cool. Cycle. And
1: this is, I think this is what makes it feel very Black Mirror-esque is in, in Black Mirror when they're controlling stuff because it's like implants in their eyes or in their brain or whatever. Yeah. They're just like going like this and, you It's know, a swipe or, yeah, hands. yeah, yeah. And then seeing them do that in this, I was like, whoa, like this is next level. And the hand tracking on it looks very, very precise because mm. it shows, um, See, if like, see, look what she's doing here as she's pinching. She's just moving and... her hand. Very like, you know, it's not like a very big, vast movement across the entire sort of screen in front of her. It's a very small movement, just sort of, yeah. And it and it's swiping the entire screen. You yeah. just lay in bed, scroll through stuff. Like I could be sat there scrolling through TikTok like that. Like I don't even have to <laughs> hold my phone or anything. You know, like yeah, it is insane. But um, I think I think
2: for I think for I think the the thing about it for me, the way I felt about Apple for a long time,
1: mm-hmm. is that
2: Apple, the the, the I, I just it annoys me so much that Apple always put gaming at the last of wh- whatever they do. They they yeah. they're oh, sort of. Yeah. They're sort of not even interested. In, they've not been interested in gaming at all. Obviously, they've got arcade on the on the phones, but that that is a completely different thing to like a, co- think... a console gaming or a gaming on the Mac. They've 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 never ever saw gaming as an opportunity for them in terms of like a desktop PC that's for, good for gaming. It it always felt really weird to me that they've never done that, but this feels like the first thing where. If, if they give developers the tool, and I'm, I'm sure we'll go on to this in a bit because they've released a new tool that can help developers mm-hmm. bring mm-hmm. games over to Mac more easily now. Mm-hmm. The this the Vision Pro feels like the first big thing that Apple have done where it's like, okay, th- this can enhance your gaming experience Mm-hmm. against what others are doing that that, that is yeah that that's what it feels like to me that that it feels like the first sort of step forward for apple for for quite a while the fact that um uh, K- uh kojima actually st- he was in the announcement wasn't he um talking about gaming as well um mm-hmm. it just it just feel feels to me like apple are finally taking gaming seriously with this and the fact there was a whole segment with it uh, it's sort of promising for people who've got Macs who want to game and people who want to buy the Vision Pro mm-hmm. for gaming. It um, seems like, you know... I think the like...
1: thing is with Apple is that until now, they haven't really needed to care so much about gaming because um, it was still seen as relatively like niche, even though it wasn't. You know, mm. I feel like even prior to the past few years and lockdown and stuff... Loads of people were gaming. It definitely was wasn't a niche thing. It was just about um, how how intense people were gaming, how frequently people are gaming, yeah. and I think lockdown introduced a lot of people to you know picking up a console because they had nothing to do all day, or picking up a gaming PC and stuff. So so suddenly people who would go from just playing games on like their phone or occasionally yeah. like here and there on their laptops and stuff suddenly went into full on gaming mode. And it was actually like a hobby now for them rather than just something they do here and there. And it means that now Apple do have to take it seriously because they're losing out so, so many customers to um, people who just pick up gaming PCs, like, you know, windows, because everything's available on windows in terms of gaming. It feels like you you don't have to think about, Oh, is it going to be compatible with windows? Like I had to do when I used to game on a Mac because like, Oh, go- sorry, guys. I can't play Valorant. It's not compatible on macOS. Whoops! Like, yeah. you know, I couldn't really get involved with it. Um, so, but now they have to do that. They they don't yeah. really have a choice because they they're just going to end up losing out too much competition. Well, if you, it, that... if you make if you make
2: headset like this just for AR, it's literally not for consumers. If you do it, if you do that, like, who's going to buy it? If it's just purely AR headset, the the your... but they
1: haven't shown too many gaming applications with it. Despite like the new sort of tool that they're releasing, which we can talk about shortly, this like this is the whole sort of trailer that we're watching now. They haven't shown any gaming applications with it, which is insane given the technology. Um, and in terms of it being a full AR headset. I mean, Meta have already done that with the MetaQuest Pro, which came out last year, end of last year. Yeah, no
2: consumers are buying that. And
1: that was made, they even said that that's not like a consumer-first headset. That's like, it's for professionals. That's why it's called the MetaQuest Pro. And even that, they originally launched that at $1,500 and had to bring it down by 33% to Mm. $1,000 this March because it just I'm guessing wasn't selling as many units as they expected yeah. so bringing out this at more than triple the price of that headset and it's essentially the same thing but just running Mac OS and having you know the sort of Mac display that everyone's main reason why many people buy iPhones is because it looks pretty like I'll put my hands up and say that's why I buy an iPhone but I much prefer the OS because it looks nicer it's I don't know who this is for at that price if it's we just watched, yeah we
2: we just watched a bit of the trailer and there was there was a woman in her bedroom folding some clothes with this headset on, yeah, and she she received a FaceTime call and and answered it. And I was yeah. like, who 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 is gonna be? It feels like I d- I don't know. Are we behind the times? It feels to me like she's the, just like the, living
1: her day to day life with the headset with the headset on. on. Yeah, I, I I feel like it's that's almost what Apple are going for. That's what I'm saying.
2: But we're think, not there yet. We're I not think there they yet, are we?
1: To be there, I think they're the ones that are taking this insane step, and they want people to always mm. be within the Apple ecosystem, to always be ready to answer. And that's why it's so AR yeah. focused, so you can get on with your day to day life and, like yeah. you know, fold your clothes and pack your suitcase <laughs> with the VR yeah. headset on.
2: To be fair, Apple have always been Apple have always been the type of company that. That take things away from you that you're used to and give you new things because mm-hmm. they feel like this is the future, even if mm-hmm. you're not ready for it yet. Mm-hmm. So when they when they just got rid of USB ports on Macs and they just put USB Cs, mm-hmm. when they got rid of headphone jacks, mm-hmm. um, th- all they've of these
1: done... things I think I'm now really used to. But back at and the time to- back I in the day going, yeah. going back and using like a like wired headphones anymore because I'm always just using wireless like yeah um, i use like G Fits or airpods and i just think oh my god yeah. I, was, I was insane i was using wired headphones ew but <laughs>
2: when they got rid of the headphone jack didn't you did you feel like that was uncomfortable at the time yeah yeah hundred yeah.
1: percent. yeah i was like yeah. this is crazy i was like thinking at the time as well because it was sort of just as they released airpods and airpods were like yeah 250 pounds ish when they first came out yeah and obviously back then you could get wide headphones like even a good quality pair for like 10 pounds i was just like there's no way people are going to start buying airpods there's no way and lo and behold within like a few weeks yeah. i went and bought a pair of airpods because i saw everyone using them and i was like those seem so much more convenient to not have to worry about cables and stuff and yeah. in reality that's a very small feat like i didn't need yeah to, i didn't need to do that but i still did <laughs> As soon as I saw people like using the iPad and the Apple Pencil in school, this is when I was in sixth form, and everyone started switching to that instead of writing in a notebook. I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to go and buy an iPad and an Apple Mm. Pencil." I went that same day after school, and I went and bought one. And I don't know, I don't know why I did that because, like,
2: with your lunch money,
1: I I had a part-time job at the time, and I used to save. I used to save all of my money because I didn't have anything to spend it on yet. And I went into my, I was like saving for uni. I'm going to, you know, be a responsible teenager, and then. As soon as I saw that, I was like, All "Right, time to do something irresponsible." Where's the Apple
2: Store? Where's the Apple no, Store? No, yeah, yeah, literally.
1: I went and bought an Apple pencil. I bought an iPad, and I used it while I was at Sick form. But now I haven't used it since because, as I don't really have a need to, mm. but I still love that I have it. But I yeah. just have an Apple pencil sat in my cupboard. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Who knows?
2: Yeah, I just I don't know so apple are that kind of company and it does mm-hmm. feel a bit uncomfortable to watch that trailer because i do feel like as a society we aren't there yet um and i thought we were years if not decades away from that in my in my head in terms of the way technology is moving um but Apple don't think about now; they always think about the future. I don't know with, about decades away
1: because it's become more of a common thing now. What to just walk but, around with the headset on constantly? Well, I mean, people are starting to get implants in their fingers instead of having a debit card. You know? Yeah,
2: but not not like not like Dave down the street. Like,
1: well, this isn't for Dave down the street. <laughs> you know, this is for those people who really want to like invest yeah, yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah in making their life solely around tech i don't want to say making their life easier because that i don't think that's necessarily the case but for those people it might be more convenient to always be switched on and that for me like sounds really cool in theory but would probably be my worst nightmare just always being in this like this ecosystem of like Yeah. yeah just I just open my eyes when I wake up in the morning, and I've got like all my apps in front of me. My- like, I haven't <laughs> even like sat up yet. Yeah, yeah. Like that sounds. Well, I think crazy.
2: I think that's why why they're they're clever to call it a spatial computer is because they're getting sort of rid of that stigma about headsets, where they're like they're call- yeah yeah. They're, so they're calling it a computer. I mean, it is a computer. It's got a, it's got a GPU. It's got a CPU. It's got a mm-hmm. it's got a. a processing unit it's got everything that a laptop would have within it mm-hmm. um it's got displays more p- pixels than a 4k tv in there mm-hmm. uh in the in the uh, display system um so that i mean if you were if you were on the forefront the, the cutting edge of technology and instead of of a pc you wanted something like this uh, the, i mean this didn't exist before right they've done something mm-hmm. that is revolutionary that hasn't been done before. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, yeah, I, I, mean, I always look at...
1: Producer Will was saying earlier yeah. about walking his dog and editing videos at the same time. I don't know if he's serious or not, but that is a really good application for it in the sense yeah. that people who... Um, people who use macbooks for productivity purposes there's a reason why they use macbooks for productivity yeah. pers- purposes yeah. right and it it means that they're not gonna sort of just pick up a i don't know like a, v, a standard vr headset like yeah. the MetaQuest 2 and launch straight into virtual desktop or something there's professional not... professional yeah. App, yeah 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 there's reasons oh, yeah. why people who use a macbook use a macbook in when it comes to like work purposes um, the software that's on it and stuff specifically is designed to work really well with with the processor that's in it and etc. So for those types of people, having a computer like this, even for that price, because Apple's computers so, sometimes are this expensive.
2: Well, that's what I was looking. At. So yeah, yeah, it's not
1: like that groundbreaking. Yeah. I was if looking anything, at the, the Mac Pro. Normal. Yeah,
2: I was looking at the Mac Pro, which is which always astounds me because I'm thinking, who the hell is buying that? Yeah, the standard Mac Pro with no extras is 7,199 yeah. pounds. They're insane. If you were That's to right. put, Some yeah. buy them. Yeah, if you were to put every additional every additional pre-installed software adopt you know oh God, every, every single it's going to start piling up. 12,647 pounds for, for the computer. top spec. Yeah. Who loads of people are buying them. Loads of professional professional applications and companies. So you you'll think if you think of the if you think of this as a as a computer, it's gonna be bought a lot because it, it's just an experience that hasn't been done yet. And I, I know uh, we're gonna move on to to the the gaming the gaming side now. Um, but I think I think them Apple have released a, a proton like environment. Um, where it's like a game porting toolkit that you can, so you mm-hmm. can translate Windows games to run on Mac. Uh, so that will help developers bring games to Mac in a way that they haven't before. And I feel like Mac is in a Mac and the uh, the 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 headset are in a great position because they've got so much power in these CPUs and GPUs now with the M2 chips and the neural engines and all that kind of stuff. Um, I feel like they're ready now. To port games to them, and I feel like we're going to see a lot more of those of those developers looking at the mm-hmm. the the Vision Pro and being like, "Oh, our games have run really well on that. Let's put our game on there," sort of thing. Um,
1: yeah, because it opens uh, up um, it opens up games to entire new audiences. Because for a lot of people that have Mac um, MacBooks or iMacs or this Vision Pro, which is coming out next year, it they probably not all, but some will not have windows computers so it's like a whole new world for a lot of these people it's like yeah. um something that they've never been able to access before so they are developers it makes so much sense for them to do this as soon as they are able to because suddenly yeah. you have this massive new audience of people who are yearning to be able to play games on their macbooks i mean i definitely yeah. was when i used to have a macbook and not a um, windows computer i used to be really upset because my friends would be like oh we're playing this today why don't you play with us and i uh, would be like well i literally just got can't yeah, yeah, I can't the only game I could play, which is why I have such a big love for it, was League of Legends. League of Legends was one of the free to play games that was compatible with Mac. And it was mm. very rare that you could find that amongst yeah. free to play. The
2: Sims you can just even about Sims, get away with.
1: Even the Sims, your your laptop sounds like it's it, Runs is, bad, yeah. it yeah. is taking off. It sounds like a rocket yeah. ship about to go into space, it gets same so with, loud.
2: yeah, same with Football Manager as well. Um mm-hmm. if you load too many Manager leagues... Yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I play full Manager on every single device I can get my hands on. Uh, if you if you load too many leagues and stuff, yeah, it just sounds like it's taking off sort of thing. Yeah, um, it's clearly so, not optimized. Yeah. No, so. but coming back to my original point, it do, it mm. does feel like now Apple have looked at gaming and thought, okay, this is the time. But then releasing this new game, the way it works essentially, this is from The Verge, by, by the way, uh, who've written an article today on the um, on the uh, on the toolkit. Um, It's basically similar to the work Valve has done with Proton, the Steam Deck. The tool will instantly translate Windows games to run on Mac, allowing developers to launch an unmodified version of a Windows game on a Mac to see how well it runs before fully porting a game. Apple have never done anything like this before. Mm-hmm. This, or this does feel like a sort of a line in the sand for Apple where they've gone, okay, now we have to take this seriously. We have to give developers mm-hmm. a reason and a clear path for you to take your games onto Mac. And I do feel like, imagine something like Starfield, for example, mm-hmm. when that comes out, open world. Imagine that on the Vision Pro. The only
1: thing i'm thinking with porting games to mac and to the vision pro mm. is that they're not going to be ported in a way that's vr compatible they're Why going not? to be ported because it's going to be too much work for the developers oh, to do that.
2: developers are clever jasmine it's really specific...
1: clever. if it's specifically for the vision pro yeah. then i just don't see them doing it because the audience that are going to be accessing the game on the vision pro is not going to be big enough because the vision but pro it's is not a vr completely. headset
2: jasmine it's an ar headset so you'll play the, the game on a screen, so the resolution will be really high, but you're yeah, immersed. but that's what I'm it-
1: saying. You're you're not going to be playing the game as if you're in VR. You're going to be playing the game as if it's like... It's the screen's be, in front of the you. The screen's in front of you, and you're going to be sat on the sofa just playing the game. And as cool as that is, you can just do that. You just turn all the lights off in your living room and put the TV on. Do you know what I mean? And it, I, I get, oh yeah, it's not going to be like <laughs> however many pixels yeah. it has. But, you know, 23 million pixels, it's not going to be that many. Cool.
2: But yeah.
1: my TV's already there in my living room. I don't need to pay three and a half Surely grand for it's it. capable.
2: Did they show any VR capabilities where you can look behind you or like anything like that? Or was it all just in front of you?
1: It was all just in front of you.
2: Surely it's capable of that experience. It. I can
1: imagine it is. I can imagine yeah. it is. Because c- they showed like panoramic images going sort of quite stretched around. Yeah, Yeah. So I can imagine it I is. I think they can
2: do it. I think they can do it. I think like, ma- maybe.
1: Given it's a spatial computer and not a VR headset, it's not gonna translate like you're in VR. It's not gonna translate like you're walking through um, you know, or flying through the solar. Imagine system if it did though field.
2: and you're just moving it with your hands and you're you know, you don't have any controllers and you can you've got that kind of freedom of movement that you don't you don't have with controllers because you have to be so And sort then of, you
1: walk too far away and you trip over the cable because this thing is wired even though it's so expensive. It,
2: only to your phone though, isn't it?
1: I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's wired for power, and then but you can wh- get a portable battery separately, which gives you do two oh. hours of battery. Is all. Two how hours. much?
2: How much is the portable? I don't
1: actually battery. know. Really how, I'm guessing a lot battery. of money.
2: A lot of money.
1: Price.
2: Have I said how much it is?
1: I don't think they have confirmed how much it is. I'm not seeing anything anywhere.
2: So it's got a separate battery that you need, basically.
1: Yeah.
2: Right, okay.
1: So you can either be plugged in to, I'm guessing, you know, a wall or your Mac.
2: Right, Um, okay.
1: But to be able to use this portably, you need to buy this battery. And they haven't said how much it is yet. Um, But given the device's... You know, I mean, if you, yeah, but if you're
2: spending three and a half grand on it, you can afford the battery, whatever price it is. But,
1: yeah, you definitely can, but it just feels like, you know, obviously the MetaQuest 3 isn't going to have 23 million pixels or however many. Yeah. But, you know, they're investing a lot into AR technology now as well. Mm. And... It's not going to be, you know, running on macOS or anything, but that is also a dedicated gaming headset. Yeah, so you can yeah. if you want to experience yeah. Starfield when they finally put that to if they do put that to VR, if you want to experience Starfield in that sense, yeah, you're gonna need controllers. Yeah. But you know, the MetaQuest 3 is also gonna have a lot more um development in hand tracking technology anyway. Yeah. So you never know what that's gonna be like. And I'm just that thinking is in, like ten percent of the price.
2: Yeah, I know, but if you if you like ten of them. Months. If you think in 6 to 12 months' time, just yeah. imagine we're in a scenario where yeah. the Vision Pro can play AAA titles in VR mm-hmm. f- through Steam or mm-hmm. another compatible app, right? And it can do productivity and professional stuff. That then, if you look at three and a half grand as a price it's nothing. for a really powerful yeah. PC that can do productivity, that can deliver that experience as well as gaming, that then becomes a completely propos- a different proposition in terms of price. Then that price is looking, oh, the Mac Pro is seven grand, but I can buy this
1: uh-huh. and
2: have the same productivity and I can also play games on it. Uh-huh. That's when it will sort of change the perception from from a, an average Joe point of view. Because at that point, why do you buy a computer then at that point?
1: at that point you guys are never going to see me again i'm going to be lost in the world of apple vision pro i'm yeah i when i first saw the announcement for the headset i'm not going to lie to you i was like really considering just like pulling all my savings out and just buying one just slapping it down i got a bit excited because of all the videos (laughs) that were coming out i think and now that i'm a bit more like you know i've thought about it i've slept on it i've come to back to reality a bit i've rid of the box insane yeah. but if given that that's how i felt when it was initially announced and that was just based on the trailer and the fact that it's yeah. good, like productivity versus if there are gaming applications for this thing that's what i'm saying you you are never going to hear from me again i'm going to vanish with the face of the earth and disappear into apple land i apple i am land. i am never ever going to come out of this headset i'm going to be one of those people be like, oh yeah, Jasmine, do you want to like you know go, go out for dinner or something? Remember, I'm going to show up with my ski goggles on and my portable charger in my hand, just
2: look through them, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah. it is
1: cool that you can see through it. This was one thing that they pointed out in the um, trailer that they did is that the um goggles are actually see through, so if you have it on whilst people are speaking yeah. to you, they can still see your eyes and stuff, so it doesn't feel as uncomfortable as when you're talking to someone with an actual full VR headset on, and that's yeah. where I think you were correct in that they're trying to take this big technological leap forwards and yeah. make it more normal for people to be wearing these things all the time because yeah. you can see people's eyes through them so slowly slowly it'll become normal to just wear these, these things around so yeah, yeah i'm yeah, gonna yeah. be one of those people i'm gonna be one of those freak people before you introduce me to your new friends you're be like yeah this is jasmine she wears she wears VR <laughs> goggles all the time and never takes them yeah. off by the way
2: yeah well, I mean, even uh, Dave Snelling, who's the technology editor on the Mirror. Uh, shout out to, to him and the work that he does on the Mirror um, for the tech uh, for Thank the you, tech Dave. channel. Thanks, Dave. Um, so he he um, he wrote in his review. He was there. Uh, he tested uh, the Vision Pro um, in uh, at the Apple headquarters when it was released. Um, and uh his opening nine in his piece, go read it on the the website, is I've got to be honest, I'm no fan of VR. I've i te- I've tested plenty of virtual headsets in the past and the experience definitely hasn't felt like the future. Um uh, and by the end of the uh, by the end of his thoughts, he said, this is Apple's first attempt at VR and it's going to totally change the way it's perceived and used. I was incredibly sceptical when I sat down for the demo. But what I witnessed just might change the future of work, play and entertainment. If you don't believe me, just wait until you get a chance to test it out when it comes to Apple stores next year. So even for someone who has never been a fan of VR headsets,
1: I'm guessing they only you gave you him half it's an hour. change the world and that's a half an hour demo in that preview that he used it for half an hour yeah one thing that i found interesting that he said in that preview was also that um there was a lot of like custom fitting for the headset to um, work correctly in terms of like eye tracking and even the actual physical thing on his head and he stated that they told him when the headset comes out that's what the um, what consumers are going to have to do as well is that like when they buy the headset, they're going to have to get it custom fit at an Apple store first.
2: Right. Okay. Which
1: kind of it starts to step into that Black Mirror territory of getting an yeah, implant put yeah, in yeah, your yeah, head, yeah. right? Like you. Yeah. Oh, you know they they show it in all the Black Mirror episodes when someone's going to like a like a doctor surgery or a surgeon or whatever and getting like this procedure, and it's like suddenly it starts yeah. to sound a bit more like that in that okay you have to go to the apple store and get this thing custom fit on your head yeah
2: close your and, eyes
1: <laughs> yeah right and it's like oh yeah look in all of these different directions and yeah eyes and stuff it's not just something that you can do at home you need like professional yeah. expertise in order to set this up which i think definitely highlights how f- much of how far this headset is going to take us to the next level in terms yeah. of technology whether it's gaming yeah. or not just in terms of productivity like this is really going to take it to the next level and yeah. even if this doesn't have gaming applications all this is going to do is push other other developers of headsets like sony like meta yeah. like htc to feel like they have to go this far with it so even if right now apple decide hey we've we've tried this new tool developers aren't really getting along with it well we're not going to port a lot of games to to VR the way that we sort of expected to, HTC, who are, you know, fine makers of premium level VR headsets, are probably going to see this and go, wow, let's do that mm. for gaming. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Even if it doesn't happen right away, within the next five years, I think just this coming out is going to really advance VR. Because if you think about how much yeah. VR has advanced since even the Quest 1, which was four years ago now. Yeah. Think about how far we've come. You don't really need controllers yeah. anymore.
2: Yeah. So the fact that I... Apple are doing it as well. Yeah. Apple normally Apple for for better or for worse what apple normally do is they launch something at ridiculous price and they give everyone else an excuse to do the same thing at that same ridiculous price or slightly mm-hmm. lower because apple have gotten away with it so it does feel like apple doing it is is a is a considerable step forward for vr in terms of the mm-hmm. whole industry because yeah it'll just open up a brand new market for for people who've, who've never experienced it before and will be a lot of people going to apple stores and and mm-hmm. trying it on for the first time and stuff and that just that really reminds me of the ipod the battery bank doesn't it you it just looks like an iPod. yeah to me. yeah it does it's, it's the really silver uh, color of it because i feel like yeah. apple's
1: kind of strayed away from that silvery color yeah. and they move more yeah. towards either white or black and yeah. now they're going back to their roots yeah but
2: um but, man they know how to design something don't they
1: it looks really good on. Like, I think the back yeah. bit looks a bit strange, but from the front, just when someone's wearing it, like that looks really cool.
2: Yeah. That's that good... looks really cool. Yeah. Even the strap as well, that looks really comfortable.
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah. That looks but really if it's going to be custom fit to my head, it doesn't even matter what it looks like anymore. It's probably guaranteed to be like a really nice, comfortable fit, right? Yeah.
2: I, I would say so. Yeah. So yeah um, I, I mean as a just in summary, just as someone who's like had Apple products before mm-hmm. um there was a lot of marketing speaking there mm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: about things that people have already done and renamed them certain things, but at the end of the day that that the thing that they've launched could be for gaming could be a huge leap forward for gaming if uh if the tool is what they promise and it gives developers the opportunity to develop games for it and we see we see that that sort of trend that could be a huge leap forward for for vr yeah
1: i definitely think so um guys tune back in in a year's time to see me yeah. doing the podcast with the headset on we'll both have it on yeah i yeah. am gonna i'm gonna be transported to that world i tell you um yeah uh, and, and on I, that I, note
2: on that note as well, we'll be streaming the uh summer games fest tomorrow evening. So tune in for that. We'll also be streaming the Xbox showcase on Sunday evening as well. So keep tuned for that. We'll be reacting to that live. Uh and we've got a few more interesting live streams. Uh on Friday, we're playing Fortnite, aren't we? On Friday we as well for the new Fortnite. season. So I'm really are. looking forward to that. Yeah. Um yeah, maybe if Fortnite
1: we'll play... isn't proof that technology isn't advancing. I don't know what is. But... <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs>
2: But uh, yeah, so I just thought I'd get them in before the end of the show. Yeah,
1: yeah, no worries. Um, thank you so much for joining me today, Nathan. I think um, we, that brings us to the end of the the walkthrough. Um, as, as well as the streams that Nathan's mentioned, uh, be sure to check us out again, same time next week, 4 p.m. BST, right here on the Mirror Gaming Channel for the next episode of the walkthrough where we'll probably be discussing all of the things that we saw in a lot of the gaming showcases that are coming up. So we'll see you guys there. Um thank you so much for joining us Nathan. I've been your host Jasmine you. Manan and I am looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye
2: bye. Bye 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 bye.